If your child was in their early 20s, recently married, and $80,000 in school debt, what would you tell them to do? Well, our next guest knows exactly what to tell them because that 20-year-old girl was her. Our next guest shares with us how she gets out of debt and has been spreading the gospel of prosperity and money management for over 18 years to entrepreneurs. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss this one. As Christians, we were taught to be good stewards over our tithing and giving to the less fortunate. But when it came to our own personal finances and investments, we are clueless on what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about managing debt, leaving a legacy, investing, or even planning for retirement? We answer these and many other questions because we want to teach you how to be rich and righteous. If this is your first time to the show, we want to say welcome. If you're coming back for another spiritual refill, welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and this is Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things. Today's scripture comes from Romans chapter 13, verse 7. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Yes, I get it. School is ultra expensive and the return on investment is low, sometimes. But we did make the choice to borrow. And as the scripture says, it is only right that we pay back. This habit of paying back our debts is not just monetary. It extends into other parts of our lives as well. This reciprocation of emotion and action is critical to our success. I love how the scripture speaks on honor and respect. Many times we feel people are disrespecting us, but we need to ask ourselves, what level of respect are we giving them? When we go to the fast food restaurant window, are we giving respect or are we commanding it? Our next guest knows what it feels like to be buried in debt. But by the grace of God, she had loving parents who were able to show her the way. She's going to explain how when she really took a deep dive into the Bible, that the passages were not just about how to handle money, but about business and the mindset that Christians need to have to unlock the prosperity God had promised in those scriptures. I know you're excited. So let's pray and get the show started. Heavenly Father, we come to you with a mindset of prosperity and hope. We pray that the story of our guest shares touches those who are inflicted by the pain of debt. We all have made financial mistakes, but that is why we are here, Lord. We pray that through this episode, that those who are listening can share this message with those who feel overwhelmed and troubled. We encourage them to seek your guidance and your word. We pray that our minds are transformed and shifted towards you so we may live righteously and do your will. All these things we ask in your name. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, our next guest is a biblical money mindset coach and speaker. From Change Your Finances, she empowers Christian female entrepreneurs who grew up believing mindset, including making money as a Christian is bad. Wanting money means it's an idol and unchanging because they don't see their value in the marketplace. By leveraging what the Bible actually says about money and business, Carissa is on a mission to see 10,000 Christian female entrepreneurs overcome toxic money mindsets and to become profitable business owners. Because when they do, they will greatly impact their clients, their families, and communities for generations to come. With no further ado, let's welcome Carissa Quadi. How are you doing, Carissa? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, thank you for coming on to the show. I know our listeners are excited about how you're going to help them understand what debt is, how to work on getting out of it, and how to seek God so the task doesn't seem so overwhelming. And God willing, not just the children, but the parents listening as well can help their children get out of debt instead of just asking them for money, right? Because if we can help prevent some of these issues from appearing, mom and dad doesn't have to kind of front that bill. So if you're listening, mom and dad, this is for you as well. well. Let's dive right into it. Carissa, can you tell the listeners a little more about yourself? Yes, I'm uh, Carissa Quadi, like you mentioned, and I live here in Phoenix metro area with my husband. And um, I'm just 
excited to really share about what God has taught me about money, about managing money, and the mindsets behind it. Well, that's awesome. Down in Phoenix, that is a very hot place. I used to live in Tucson. <laughs> that's a little bit cooler than Phoenix. <laughs> right, yes, right, right. You, you can relate then. Good, good, good. Well, let's dive right into it, right? So people want to know, how does somebody go from $80,000 in debt? Can you tell that story, how it began, how you got out of it, and how it got you to where you are today? It wasn't quite $80,000, uh, but there is an $80,000 in, in the story. So let me, uh, when I got married, I was a, um, I'm a business owner, but I'm also supporting my husband. Mm. And he was going to school and we both brought debt into the marriage. I had my car loan, he had his student loans and his credit cards. And it wasn't $80,000, it was just under 8,000 okay. of debt, but um, it was 20% of my income. Mm. And so even though it was a small number, like it was just crushing me. And somewhere in the middle of all of this, I had this small little desire to see my husband graduate debt-free. Now I had no idea how we were going to do this because mm -hmm. money was super tight. You know, I'm self-employed. I'm trying to bring in enough clients and we had the debt, we had to live, and then I had to figure out how to pay for school. Right. And so, uh, what I did, you ask about my debt paying off story. I, yes. I mean, my parents had paid off their debt, their house when I was a preteen. So I just had this sense that it was a really good thing to pay off debt. You know, I saw my parents with that, but so I'm like, I'm trying to pay off debt, but to be honest, I didn't have a plan. Mm. I didn't have a plan. I was just stumbling along until one day, about two years later, I looked up and I realized if we could come up with a couple hundred dollars, we would be debt free at the end of the day. Hey. And so I had my husband come in cause it was his student loan. And what I didn't realize at that moment, March 17th, 2010, when those numbers dropped to zero, that would be a defining moment in my life. And so the piece that came over me at that point, I'm like, okay, I need to figure out how to, how to manage my money without all of the stress and anxiety, because everything about money really made me panic. Right. And so I turned to the Bible because that's how I run my life. So I'm like, I need to figure out how to run my money too. And the piece that came from being debt free, that turned me to the Bible. And I was, I was studying, you know, how to manage my money, how to, how to you know just all the things about money i was able to, to here's the eighty thousand. i was able to turn around and over the next few years save up 80 dollars in cash to pay for the rest of my husband's education wow that is awesome that is awesome so so now you're you're getting actually capital as opposed to on the other side of it where you're swimming under eight thousand because as you put it, a hundred dollars, that's a lot of money, you know, at that stage, especially when you're down 8,000. Oh, so you're, you're scared to spend, you're afraid to go out to eat. You're afraid to go to the movies because you we know didn't you do have any of that, right? <laughs> we didn't do any of that. My, I mean, my business was a regular, you know, so sometimes I'd have a huge week. Sometimes I would have a very small week as far as client load. And so, um, and we were in school for a long time. So it was always like all this, any extra money, like you said, movies or going out, like we didn't do any of that. All of it went into saving for the next semester. Okay, so how did you get into that mindset? So I just interviewed Mark Willis. He went through a similar process with him and his wife. He would go to an ice cream shop, right? And discuss money, figuring that at least in a public place, you know, he had a witness. <laughs> <laughs> so. You can't have the big old drama in a public place. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Plus, he feels like, the, you know, the adrenaline's going, you got the sugar rush and everything else like that. You got those happy feelings going on. So why not discuss money at that peak? How did you get your spouse on board to implement some of these things? Because you have to sacrifice some of the immediate needs for the ultimate goal. 
And it looked like even at a young age, at 20, you had a great perspective of prioritizing what you felt was very important. And I didn't know if that comes from you being a business owner or just the maturity that you had to say, listen, I want to be like my parents. They set their priorities on reducing their debt to zero. I want to do the same thing. So how do you bring your spouse into that conversation? He was on board with not taking out any more debt. I mean, we saw we saw friends of ours who had student loans for decades mm. and we knew that it i mean we both agreed this is not a good uh, plan right? right so uh he was very on board you know when i was managing the money i was learning how to budget and i'm just being really um i'm not saying i was being tight with the money it wasn't because of oh i'm being stingy it's no right. i we have this money and it was limited at the time and we had you know several three four five thousand dollar bill coming up every four months yes i think you're i think you're fine on how you described it you were basically adjusting your lifestyle to your means mm -hmm. and yeah. that hurts oh yeah we lived in a little ghetto apartment for 10 years while we we're right. going to school drove all the cars and we were we were committed in that aspect to paying for school. Yeah, I think that's a great example. People, we talk about diets a lot and food here, but the idea is that let's say you're overweight and your calorie intake is 3000, but your calorie intake should be 2000. It's going to hurt the first couple of weeks as you downsize and reduce your caloric intake. Mm -hmm. It's going to hurt, but you're not really having less, you're just readjusting to what you have. Almost like you said, is that you were tight, but you had the resources and you were, you were budgeting, you were learning how to manage your lifestyle so you can carry on and, and go forward. Well, and we, I mean, it did hurt. And I would say it hurt in the aspect of um, more the mindsets, mm -hmm. you know, and more the comments from other people because we got married a little bit later than some of the rest of our friends so they were all buying houses and buying cars and some of them were starting to take fun vacations and we weren't doing any of that mm. and so for me there was almost a sense of shame yes. for a lot of years that we couldn't do that uh that our gift budget for christmas and birthdays or whatever was twenty dollars mm. a person and we had to make it work. And, you know, so there's a shame that we weren't at the same level. We weren't able to do the same thing. But as I was started to teach, cause this changed my life. And so I started teaching these principles about how to manage their um, personal finances to, to women. And as I'm teaching it, I'm realizing they can have a fancy house. They can have a fancy car. But the majority of people are drowning in the debt Yes. and the payments behind the scenes. And there's money fights and there's so much stress. I mean, I had stress too, trying to provide and make ends meet and all of that, but we didn't have the debt right. at that point. I like that perspective too. It's almost like I have four children and we tell them to clean up their room, what do they do? They stuff everything underneath the bed. They throw everything in the closet. Doesn't mean that those items are not there, that it's not plaguing them. So you walk into the room, you think it's clean, but behind closed doors, yes. pun intended, there's heavy loads and this weight of junk and things that are plaguing that person that they don't want to admit to. So sometimes it takes opening that door to see what's really behind that illusion that we see. Like, why is my room not this clean? Or why can't I get this organized? Not knowing that there is a whole closet full of things to clutter somebody's life and it's, the door is shaking because as soon as somebody touches it, they're gonna fall over. Mm -hmm. And that fear scares people. Oh, absolutely. And you bring up a good point. It's the fear. It's the, the doubts of not being able to do this and what will people think it's all of that that's the mindset yes that is really keeping you because a budget is pretty simple paying off debt can be pretty simple and saving money can be simple however 
what I learned, and this is kind of what took me into a whole new direction is good. I can teach you how to manage your money all day long. And I'm really good at it. I've helped over 2,200 women with awesome. their personal finances and I'm, and got feedback like, oh my gosh, this finally makes sense. So I'm really good at that. But if you have mindsets that are keeping you from managing the money well, maybe you failed before in the past. Maybe you were told that you were never good enough to do it. You couldn't do it, whatever it is. Right. If you don't deal with those mindsets, I could teach you all day long about a budget and you still won't get it and you still won't do it. So I'm thinking about mindset here. Your mindset, one, you're an entrepreneur. You know what it feels like to be under debt and to get out of debt. You know what the other side looks like because your mom and dad showed you the way there. Now, you share with me your mindset was wanting to have a better life and being extremely generous. And some of these were your whys for getting out of debt. So can you talk to the point of having a why that's going to motivate you when the adrenaline has gone? A hundred percent. You, you need to have a reason why you're doing it. And for me, the first reason was I wanted to see my husband graduate debt free. Awesome. I didn't want to have that burden of student loans for decades and decades, but then as we paid it off, you know, a desire that came has always been there. Elijah one is, is I've always wanted to make a lot of money. And I've always been super generous. And so I've always had this idea that I'm going to make a lot of money so I can be really, really generous. And so those were the reasons why that carried me on when it was hard. Cause I mean, the debt was gone, but we were still, you know, making payments and paying for school that carried me on. Right. Because if you don't have that reason, and then this goes back to the mindset, if you don't have the emotions attached to it, you will do it for a little bit and then something uh, unexpected expense comes up and or you dropped a hundred bucks on Amazon on stuff you don't need. Right. And then you just spiral out because of the guilt and now you feel angry and now you just disappointed with yourself. And so then you will not continue yeah. if you don't have that reason why you're doing it. Yeah. Now I think also developing good habits good subconscious habits there's an old saying that you do not step up to the circumstances but you fall back to your habits so when you're trying to save if you don't have a strong saving habit you're going to regress to what you know best that's going to fit especially under distress when everything's fine there's no debt or you know things are going well in your life it's easy to stay on diets when other outside influences affect you mentally it can cause you to regress. And that's what Carissa works on with you as far as developing your why. So when you want to regress, giving you a strategy to get out of it and to continue on. And also let's talk about mindset one. If we could talk about mindset, maybe toward money in the in the Bible as well, because I think a lot of people are struggling with the mindset that is wrong to make money as a Christian. We brought this up, you brought this up a little bit earlier and you said, I want to be rich and I don't want our listeners to think she only wants money. (laughs) If they've listened to my podcast for more than even one episode, they know how I feel about money. Money is just a resource. One and two money gives you options to express yourself authentically. The ability to say, this is what I want and exchanging resources is not going to inhibit me from doing so. Mm -hmm. That means if you want to travel to California to work in an orphanage, or maybe feed the homeless. Money is not going to stop you from purchasing that plane and Mm -hmm. staying in a hotel, getting a rental car, going down to that shelter and helping the homeless. But if you don't have money, you don't have options or you have limited options and you have to work within them. So Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you a little bit about your options. How do you feel about money in the Bible? So having that desire to be really wealthy, And wanting to be generous, that was one thing. And I knew that God's heart was for generosity, right? I saw that. But as I was going along, I'm really struggling 
Can I be honest? I was yes. really struggling. Like, is it really okay to make money as a Christian? Mm. I mean, make a lot of money as a Christian. Right. And not just pay the bills and, you know, be content with a poor and humble lifestyle. And as I, you know, I'm an entrepreneur for 18 years now. And a lot of times I'm seeing struggles with, you know, is it okay to make a lot of money? Like okay. we're all entrepreneurs here, you know, the ones I work with and I interact with, and there's that hidden thing. No one really talks about it much. So in all of my studying about managing money, it really brought into, I'm like, wait a minute, this is dealing with business and it's dealing with mindsets. Can I tell you a verse that really changed my mind? Yes, yes, please. Because I was also, I wasn't sure if it was okay, you know, to make a lot of money. And so I'm having this war, you know, I want to, but I don't know if it's okay. And so this verse that Tell me if you know it, if you have this memorized, Genesis 2, 10 through 12. I do not. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so it says, um, it's just after creation, God created heavens and earth and called it good. He created everything else and called it good. And then it says, now a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden. And from there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is Pishon. It flows around the whole land of Havilah where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. So now, because I have my radar is up for any like money references, I'm like, this is this is a weird verse to stick in the creation account. So I look it up, and I went to the original Hebrew, and what I found blew me away. So it says um, where there is gold, and the Hebrew word for gold includes money you know, currency, it includes wealth, and it includes trade, such as I have a service that you need. Yes. And you are more than happy to give me money and I give you the service or provide the product or whatever for you. And we both win, right? Right. And so I'm like, okay, that has all of these principles in it. But then what I also saw, it says, in, in Hebrew, the eighth mention of something is very significant mm. because eight means partnering with God to make the world a better place. And this is the eighth mention of something being called good in the creation account. Wow. So to put it all together is God put wealth in this land and he's called us to cultivate it. And he cultivating it by being in business and serving, partnering with him to make the world a better place by serving others in business, by making their lives a little bit better, which is bringing a little bit of kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. Wow, that's powerful. That's very powerful, Carissa. We are going to have to take a short little break, but we'll be back with more with Carissa Quadi after a brief message from our sponsor, AB Ridgeway Wealth Management, providing people of faith investment advice from a biblical perspective. If you're struggling with your finances and looking for an advisor that shares your faith and not just your zip code, uh, be sure to schedule your free consultation at www.abrwealthmanagement.com backslash consultation. Um, if you love the podcast, uh, we are sure you'll also love our faith and finance blog that releases new posts every Tuesday and Thursday, where you can find more articles on faith, finances, and how to avoid some of those financial pitfalls so you can retire and stay retired happily ever after. Just go to our website, click on Christian Media, and you'll have access to all the resources we provide for Christian investors like you for free. Um, before we get back to the show, let me just say, make sure you also follow us on all of our social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and YouTube. Just Google AB Ridgeway Wealth Management or check the description below and all links will be provided. Um, keep checking back because our merchandise store is coming soon. We are back with Carissa Quadi. If you're just joining us, make sure you go back to the beginning 
because you missed a great part one. As we go into the second part of this interview, I just want to go over what we talked about so far. We spoke about her $8,000 in debt, excuse me, how she made a mindset and changed her perspective about money and how she is now helping others do the same. Now, before our break, she started to talk about cultivating gold in the eighth reference in the Bible. And we're gonna have her continue that conversation because I think it's very vital to what we're talking about today and our perspective on God. So Carissa, can you expand a little bit more on that topic of rivers and how God saw gold is good, including trade? Yes, so he has put uh, wealth already in this land and he wants us to partner with him to make the world a better place and serve other people, which is what we do in business, right? Yes, yes. And he delights in this process where I have something that you need, you're more than happy to pay me, and I give you the service or product that you were de desiring. So your life has been made better, mine is made better, and God delights in this whole process so much that he set up money. Yes. and the the currency of trade in that aspect but he also set up wealth and he calls it good and so when i read this passage and then a whole bunch of others there's a lot of others that really talk about why we should be wealthy as christians yes. and but it, it really comes down to as we are partnering with god to make the world a better place he delights in this and he wants to bless us with wealth so that we can mainly know him. And then there are several responsibilities like provide for our family, enjoy, be generous. But then as we grow wealth by serving others and we are showing off the incredible generosity he's given us, yes, it shows so much that everybody around us will be drawn to know him because of that favor, because of that wealth in our businesses and how we've been truly serving. And I think this speaks to our scripture of the day, Romans chapter 13, verse seven, right? Give to everyone what you owe them. You owe them taxes, pay taxes. If it's revenue, revenue. If it's respect, respect. If honor, then honor. As entrepreneurs, I don't think a lot of people notice this, but what you receive is not the hours it took to create. <laughs> Even this podcast, right? There were hours we both worked for free during the pre-production meeting, through conversations, through our growth, through our walk with God, all the Bible scriptures that we read in those times. We did not get paid for that work, but we're bringing that value to the marketplace. Mm -hmm. All those years of experience, all those trials and tribulations, all those years in debt, you are bringing that to the marketplace and God feels you should get paid for what you put in. So when someone says, well, you only did this for two hours. No, I only did this action for two hours, but it took me years to cultivate the skill. Yes. Because if it was just about turning on the microphone and talking, that doesn't cost you anything. Because if you can get this value of just turning on the microphone, you would do it yourself, right? But they can't. So they depend on us to give them services and to educate them and to use our time. And God wants to compensate us for that. So when you see a Carissa Quadi being successful after 18 years, don't equate it to luck. Don't equate it to she's blessed and highly favored above everyone else. That's not the point. She is just getting compensated for what she's doing. There's an old saying by Zig Ziglar. If you do more than what you're paid for, later on, you'll get paid more for what you do. Mm -hmm. And I think that is very powerful here, that we're really getting compensated for the work that we've done that we weren't getting paid for. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's dive into something a little bit deeper here. So we talked about your husband. We talked about the debt. We talked about um, supporting your spouse, being there, um, being positive, changing your mindset. So I want to go a little bit deeper and I want to talk about some limiting beliefs. So we talked about the positive. Let's kind of see what's stopping us as Christians from inheriting the, the wealth and the prosperity that God has put into the scriptures for us. So you discussed three limiting beliefs, and I want to go over those beliefs with you, if you can, and have you break those down for the listeners. So the first one is 
um, the belief that is it okay to be wealthy as a Christian? We talked about it a little bit earlier. I kind of want to readdress that here. It's a common uh, belief that limiting belief that really holds a lot of women back, Christian female entrepreneurs, especially because there's so many messages that you should be poor and humble like Christ. You shouldn't charge if you're a Christian because it should be free. And you just, I love what you said about the time and the experience and all of the things that have gone on into this offer. Yes. But there's this like real struggle. Is it really okay to make a lot of money as a Christian? Like, am I going to be a horrible person or is it, am I going to dishonor God? And I've even had some clients tell me, you know, from the pulpit, I heard <laughs> if you make a lot of money, you're worldly and you will lose your salvation. As we saw in Genesis 2, 10 through 12, God created money. He created wealth. He calls it good. Yes. He also created it so that we can be blessed. And I am going to go to Genesis 12 with the Abraham covenant. It says, he will make you a great nation. I will make you a great nation. I will make your name great and make you exceedingly great yes. and bless you in all ways so that you can be a blessing to everybody else. See, he, God wants us to cultivate and create wealth by serving other people so that we can be a blessing to everybody else. That's awesome. And so that we can show off his incredible generosity and favor yes. and that others will be drawn to know him. But you, if you, you mentioned, if you have debt, you don't have a lot of money for it, right? But if you stay small with your business yes, and you don't bring in a lot of revenue from serving a lot of clients or you are undercharging, whatever it is, you're not going to have the amount of money that you need to fund all of the good works that you are called to fund, called that to you fund. are called to do. Yes. Yes. With that said, so how do the listeners out there, and we say uh, women entrepreneurs for a few reasons. One, that is the clientele that Carissa serves. Yes. Two, there is tons of information for middle-aged men in finance out there. As somebody who's six foot seven um, and nearly 300 pounds at this point, um, I definitely understand how it feels to go and look for diet advice. And they always say the 200 pounds, six foot guy who, you know, does things of that nature. We want to provide information for people that may not have as much information here. So this is not strictly for women, but we are gearing it toward them so they can have some representation and they can have a platform where they can grow and they can understand in their own finances, because there are some nuances that Carissa is bringing up here that I think is very valuable to the listener. Now, if you are a male listening, this is good for your wives. These are good for your daughters. These are good for your mothers. This is good for your aunties. So still stick around because this information applies to you too, because how they feel and how they perceive money is going to affect you. The way Carissa has changed her mindset about money has affected her husband where he gets out of debt. So I want you to listen closely here because we got some very valuable information coming out of here. Mm -hmm. So, so how do they determine their worth in the marketplace. That brings up another, a big question of limiting belief is that my product or my services aren't valuable enough in the marketplace. And so I don't know how to charge. Mm. And a lot of Christian women often charge much, much less yes. than what they should. Right. And we have to, the, but it really comes down to they're questioning their own worth and value. Yes, yes. And when we look at, we have to look at the redemption that Jesus paid for us on our behalf at the cross. Because the value of a life is determined by the amount of ransom paid for it. Mm. And so as Christian women, if you're feeling like you don't have value, you need to look to the cross because Jesus paid with his own body. And you know, we know what kind of expensive sacrifice that is. Yes. And all of these terms, uh, the redemption, um, paying the debt we owed, these are all financial terms. Yes. And I do want to 
give a tip out here to all the, the women who are listening from a financial advisor. This is not technically financial advice, please. This is very general here. But if you want to find your price point in the marketplace, this is kind of a general way to do it. If everyone is saying yes to your services, you're too cheap. Until you start getting some no's, then you start finding your price point. The reason is, is because if everyone is saying yes, they your perceived value is higher than what they're willing to give their money for. Meaning- Everyone's saying yes. If everyone is saying yes. So what that means is, if you're valued at $100, right? And your services are only priced at $10, people are gonna say yes to you all day. Yes, she's, she's worth $100. Yeah, I'll pay $10, I'll pay $10. Yes, 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 right? But if you say 110 and your your perceived value is only 100, people are like, I don't know. Now you're in the ballpark of how much that you're really, really worth. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's where people need to strive for. So sometimes I think as entrepreneurs, sometimes we get overwhelmed because we're serving, we're undervaluing ourselves to the point where we have so many customers, we can't serve them all. Mm-hmm. That means that you need to raise your prices so you can serve the people who are coming to you with higher quality, you know, with more time, with more attention. So you don't lower your value because you're spread so thin. Now I have four kids. I really try my hardest to dedicate my love to four children, but that's very hard, right? So that's just kind of like my little tip. So try to find a little buoyancy in your value and understand that, you know, if everybody's saying yes to your value, you may be worth more than what you think. Mm-hmm. Well, in your value, your personal value is has nothing to do with how what price tag you put on your product exactly. or service. Yes. Because your value, you have infinite indescribable value and worth as yes. a person. Yes. And as your product and service, the way we can actually raise those prices up, one, it depends on how we can transform somebody's life. So yes. if we're really partnering with God to serve others and make the world a better place, we can raise our prices yes much higher than that hundred dollars yeah. because we are providing an incredible transformation yes you are you nailed it right on the head so your personal perception of yourself if you devalue yourself how are you valuing your product mm-hmm. that's what translates over if you think that if you're worth thousands and thousands of dollars and and you undervalue yourself you may be undervaluing your products as well and that's what we said, like the transformation, like you said, Carissa says, let's go through a transformation. Let's reevaluate some of these things. Mm-hmm. So let's let's move a little bit forward. The third one is if I become wealthy, I become evil. I think we kind of know about that here, but I want to talk about maturity and money. Okay. I think this is a great transition here. It says in first Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, when, a ch- when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So can you speak to this journey of financial growth in Christ and in finances and what it looks like? Because I think to your point, when we're young entrepreneurs, you know, young women out here being entrepreneurs, they are child, they are children, excuse Uh me, in the business. You are very mature at 18 years in business. So you know things that are a little bit different to them. So can you educate them on what they should be doing to put away childish things? and be more mature in their money and their value and who they are. It really comes down to you have to have a biblical money mindset. Yes. Because if you have all these limiting beliefs, you know, am I worthy to receive money? Will I become a horrible, evil person if I get wealthy? You are not going to run your business in a way that brings in more clients that makes you wealthy. Right, right. Because if internally you're saying, I'm gonna turn into an evil person when I am wealthy and you love God, you this doesn't work. It doesn't jive in your spirit. And so we're not gonna do that. But the you have to understand what God says about money and about business and really get to the root of these limiting money beliefs. Right. Because if we don't deal with them, they will still show up no matter what you do. So, so Chris, so what are your thoughts around actually creating a space to grow and actually nurture your talents? Because I mean, we're not all, you know, privileged to be around people who are, you know, motivational or know about these biblical principles. Sometimes we don't know where to look. So 
Uh, what are your thoughts about creating a space to actually grow and nurture those talents? Well, when I saw so many women struggling with the same things that I was struggling with and I was getting freedom and I was getting just breaking through these money, limiting money beliefs. That's why I created my programs. That's why I created um, my community so I can really pour into them and really show them what the Bible actually says about money and business. And I wanted to do it in a way that really gets to the root of these beliefs, gets to the root, and then also looks at scripture. Right. What does the Bible actually say about that belief? And how can we, you know, because the beliefs come from experiences or what people have told us or whatever, but how can we align them with scripture? Right. And then when we do that, how can we build up our businesses, build up our biblical money mindset so that we can really truly broaden our legacy? Okay, so my question would be, what are some of the resources that you have to help young women entrepreneurs flourish? So, you know, maybe somebody's just new in business or maybe somebody doesn't know how to do a budget. You know, what resources do you have for them that are Christian based that's going to help them learn about money, but then also change their finances? Because at the end of the day, that's that's what they're trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the main signature program that I have is called Becoming a Legacy Builder. And that's where I walk you through how to really address these mindsets and how to renew them, renew your mind with what the Bible says. But I also have a free gift for you guys. Okay. And that would be a really great place to start. It's three limiting money beliefs that keep you from creating biblical wealth as a free guide. Can I share it now or do you want yes, to do it? Go ahead. Yes, feel free to share it now. So it's at changeyourfinances.com slash darndest. Just for this podcast, changeyourfinances.com slash darndest. And I, I just can't say that without smiling. But <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's that would what, be that's a what... great first step for you guys um, to get in touch with me and to be around what I'm teaching because I don't see very many people teaching this. Right. And I think it's very important too that you do spread your message. If people don't know, you're actually a profound speaker as well. So you do do speaking engagements where you go around and you spread this message. So if anybody's listening right now and they're looking for a speaker, they're looking for somebody to spread their message about you know biblical principles that you can uh, biblical principles that you can address. If you're a young woman entrepreneur and you're trying to find your voice, I mean, me and Carissa kind of talked about this off. Um, off the podcast, but we talked about actually finding your voice, right? She's been on you know numerous podcasts. She's been on numerous stages as well. And as she said before, she's affected over 2,200 women, right? I don't even think I've met 2,200 women in my life, right? Let alone men or women. I think I just stayed in my little town of Lafayette, Louisiana my whole life, right? But the idea here is that we need to put you into an environment where you're going to thrive, to give you the resources so you can be successful. You know, yes, a rose can grow in the concrete, but it's a lot better in a garden. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and that brings up a good point. I have done all of this research and, and studying for the past 12 years Yes. to get these mindset breakthroughs and to be able to come up with a framework that gives you the results so much quicker and faster than the 12 years of studying that I've done. And sometimes we need to have that outside voice speaking truth into us. Right. So I have a, I have a question. So where does somebody find an environment like that? Do they go to a library? Do they look in the newspaper? I mean, where would they go to find women that have a similar mindset on which they're trying to obtain, right? The old mentor mentee perspective, somebody who's ahead of where you're at, and then also an opportunity to help those who are behind where you're at. So a great, you have to find other Christian like-minded women who are really striving to, for the same purpose. And I created one, I created a Facebook group, it's a free Facebook group, a Christian business women creating a financial legacy. And this is a place and that I created because I couldn't find it. Mm. I couldn't find it for myself. I, no one wanted to talk about money. No one wanted to talk about these mindsets. And while I was connected to a lot of Christian entrepreneurs, like there wasn't a space mm. 
So I created this, this community to really encourage and to be supportive. I'm active in there all the time to, cause I want to, I value the person. Right. Right. And I want to walk beside you and to share everything that I've learned, give you the shortcuts, give you some insights because I really want you to prosper. I want you to get rid of all these limiting money beliefs because when you do, it is incredible the impact and influence you will create. And it's a, God gets so much glory from it. Yes. And that's exactly why it's such a battlefield in your life. Well, Carissa, I want to do something here. I have a little surprise for you. Okay. Now, if my listeners have been keeping up with the show, they know what time it is. It's time for 10 for 10. Okay. <laughs> now, not to be confused with 30 for 30. I don't want to get sued by ESPN. But in this game, I'm going to ask you 10 questions and you get 10 seconds to answer them. Are you ready? I think so. Let's nobody, do it. <laughs> nobody has gotten 10 yet. So you may be one of the first ones to get 10 out of 10. Are you ready? Yes. Perfect. Number one. Change Your Finances is the name of your company, but what was your second choice? <laughs> my second, my first choice was actually Cook With A Shoe. When I started budgeting, budgeting on a shoestring budget, that was my first name. So, but I'll probably be changing my name at some point to uh, multiplying your legacy. Okay. Two, you are a renowned speaker. Of your speaking engagements, which one was your favorite so far? My favorite was speaking on Beverly Walt Howard's Academy in her um, Making Powerful Moves Academy. Three, you've helped over 2,200 women. By the end of your career, how many women would you like to help and why? End of my career is 100,000 women. And why? Because I want to see that impact and influence spread throughout the whole entire world. Four, where can someone connect with you? And you can't say your website. You can connect with me on Facebook. Five, what would be one thing you would change if you can go back in time before your death? To, I wouldn't change anything because that's given me the journey to where I'm at right now. All right, close. That was nine seconds. Six, what is the greatest lesson God has taught you about money? that it's okay to make money and when we do he is glorified seven if you had all the money in the world what would you do i would be extraordinarily generous and mainly help eradicate foster care in arizona eight on your website you talk about money superpowers how can someone find theirs they can find their superpower by reading the Bible and understanding what the Bible says about money. Close, 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 close. Nine, how do you cut your sandwiches? Down the middle or diagonally? <laughs> Down the middle. 10, what is your favorite Bible verse? And not Genesis 1-1, John 3-16, or John 11-35, Jesus wept. Uh, I would have to say Isaiah 51-3. And that is, um, for the Lord comes. <laughs> <laughs> close, close, close. You were one of the closest ones so far. You almost had it. You almost had it. But nine out of 10 is great, Carissa. Nine out of 10, like I said, you're up at the top. Everybody has their one. We're looking for that person to get the one, but you did an amazing job. Thank you. Thank you for coming on here. Now, you can still give us a scripture. We still want to hear the scripture. I know people still want to hear it. Trying to make me remember on the spot. Uh, <laughs> for the Lord comforts Zion. He comforts all her waste places and makes her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her thanksgiving and the voice of song. Isaiah 51. Amen. Amen. Now, before we go, we have a segment called Once in a Lifetime. Don't worry, it's not another game but where we give our guests a chance to say something that would change our listeners' lives forever. So if you were to give a piece of advice, what would it be? God's covenant 
blessings and promises and his desire for you to create wealth is not just for me that's awesome it can be for you too perfect 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 so carissa can you tell us where they can find you and where they can sign up to hear you speak maybe some of the programs or some of the resources that you mentioned um, in this program you can find me at Change Your Finances, and I'm also changeyourfinances.com, Change Your Finances on Facebook and Instagram. And the link to get that guide is changeyourfinances.com slash darndest. That's awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show and sharing your experiences with our audience. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you've been blessed, but don't worry. This may not be the last time that you hear from Carissa. As many of our listeners know that we are planning to have an end of the year reunion for all of our guests and have a roundtable discussion. So if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure that you send us an email at info at abrwealthmanagement.com and vote for your favorite guest. All links discussed during this podcast will be in the description below. And we pray that you continue to pursue your journey to being rich and righteous. hope that you've been blessed as always this episode was created by ab ridgeway owner of ab ridgeway wealth management a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have god in it if you need help figuring out your finances feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation new episodes are available every friday so be sure to subscribe you can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor which produces a podcast show and makes it available on his website and through other distribution channels. Elijah Ridgeway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management clients pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the Darnest Team podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.